Welcome to The Way Church. We're glad you're joining us for today's message. For sermon notes, service times, and more information, check us out online at thewaychurchva.com. Now let's join Pastor Matt Rothy with this week's message. This morning... I mentioned it in the announcements. We are starting a brand new sermon series called A Place For You. As we start the sermon series, I need to make one thing absolutely clear. This sermon series is not about a physical location. This sermon series is not about a place that you can locate on a map. This sermon series is not about a concrete place called a building. This sermon series called A Place For You is all about the Lord's church. God's people gathered together around God's word and his sacraments. And this sermon series is about God's heart for what he hopes and what he says his church should be. It should be a place for you, for your family and those who are not here yet. And that's our emphasis for this first week. The second week, we're gonna look at how God talks about his church being a place for giving, but more importantly, a place for receiving from him. Third week, that it is a place of grace, enough said. And the fourth week, our sermon and our worship is going to focus on the theme that God's church is a place for thanks. That's all coming up in the month of November. But this morning, our theme and our focus is on God's church being a place for you, And as we look at that, we're also looking and remembering what the Reformation means. The Lutheran Reformation means that the emphasis of the entire Christian life moves away from a focus about me and we, a focus on the good that God's people do for God, and instead is a focus entirely on Christ and the good that God does for you, the better things that God does for you through him. That's all coming up this morning, and we're kicking it off with a lesson from 2 Samuel chapter 7. Would you please read it with me? Begins this way. After the king, that is King David, was settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, he said to Nathan the prophet, here I am living in a house of cedar while the ark of God remains in a tent. Nathan replied to the king, whatever you have in your mind, go ahead and do it for the Lord is with you. We'll pause there. As a pastor, I get it. I mean, I really get it. If I was Nathan, if I was King David's pastor and David came to me and said, hey, I got this idea. I think I'm going to build a church. I'm going to build a temple for the Lord. I'd say the exact same thing. David, you go for it. You are the Lord's anointed. You are the chosen one. You are a man after God's own heart. Whatever is on your heart, do it. Go after it. Go for it. Let me back up, give you a little bit of a historical context to this moment. David was chosen to be the second king of Israel when he was just a young man, when he was perhaps in his teens. It was something that was seemingly unexpected, even by the prophet Samuel, who anointed David to be the next king of Israel. Everyone thought it should be one of Jesse's older sons, but 
God chose David from tending his daddy's flocks to be the next leader of the king of Israel. But David did not ascend to the throne the next morning. No, in fact, he had quite a long and hard-fought life until he became the king in Israel. And yet throughout it, the Lord was with him. The spirit of the Lord blessed him and the spirit of the Lord filled him wherever David went. His enemies, and there were lots, couldn't touch David. First, it was a giant named Goliath. There, the victory was the Lord's. After that, David fought against Philistines and he did it against impossible in numbers. And there, the Lord gave him victory. Following that, it was the king of Israel himself, Saul, who got jealous of David, chased after David, tried to take David's life, but he could never catch David because the Lord was with him, blessing him, giving him protection from even the enemies within his own house. Then David became the king after Saul died, but Saul's house didn't just disappear and go away. Men within Saul's house tried to take David's life. They didn't just hand the kingdom over him. So David and his house had to fight against them. And yet David's house grew because the Lord was with him and the Lord blessed him. That takes you all the way up to 2 Samuel chapter 5. And yet then something happens. David takes over the city of Jerusalem. It becomes the city of David that it is known for now. And David decides that he's going to move the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Lord, to be with him and God's people there in Jerusalem. At that time, there was no more significant symbol of faith than the Ark of the Covenant. Inside of it were the Ten Commandments inscribed on two stone tablets. There was manna, there was Aaron, the first, the first priest of Israel. There was his staff. The presence of the Lord was with the ark wherever it went. So there was a very significant moment when David brought the ark into Jerusalem. And there, after all of David's life, now into his 30s, where he can finally step back and whew, take a breath. David looked around and said, something's not right. <laughs> something's not right. I, I'm living in a palace made out of beautiful cedar. <laughs> and the Lord, he's got a tent. This isn't good. And because David is a man after God's own heart, because David cared about the things of the Lord and because God had been so, so good to David, David decided he was going to build a temple. David wasn't in this for his name. David wasn't in this for his glory. He did it to glorify God's name. He did it so that people might know the wonders and the love of God. And so as a pastor, I get it. David comes to Nathan and Nathan says, yes, go for it, do that. But I'm not Nathan and I'm not David's pastor, but I am yours. And yet I can say the same thing. Here are a group of women and men with whom the Lord is with. The Lord has blessed you abundantly. The Lord has been with you throughout your life, guarding and protecting you. He's with you to this day. It's no secret. Many of you, many of you want to build a ministry center, a, a place for God, a house for the Lord. Some of you have wanted to build a ministry center since 2016 and maybe even before that. 
So as your pastor, I'd say the same thing that Nathan says. Yes, let's do this. Go for it. Whatever is on your heart, give glory to God through it. Let others know his love, his mercy, his forgiveness because of what you want to do. But 2 Samuel chapter 7 maybe teaches us something about what we should do before we set out on a journey like that. God's word here in 2 Samuel says, just wait a moment. God's people, David, you, you who want to do good things for God, you must know that God does better things for you. This is how it went. King David told this to Nathan, the prophet, his pastor, and this is what happened next. Verse four. But that night, the, the word of the Lord came to Nathan saying, go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord says. Are you the one to build me a house to dwell in? I have not dwelt in a house from the day I brought the Israelites up out of Egypt to this day. I have been moving from place to place with a tent as my dwelling. Wherever I have moved with all the Israelites, did I ever say to any of the rulers whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, why have you not built me a house of cedar? <laughs> it's almost comedic. Sections of scripture like this show that maybe God does in fact have a sense of humor. David tells Nathan that he has these plans. Nathan says, go for it. And immediately that night, God comes to Nathan and says, wait a minute, let me ask you a question. Did I ask for a house to be built? Did I ever, in the 430 years that I brought God's people up out of Egypt, planted them in the promised land, say, hey, where's my house? And by the way, I am the God who brought you up out of Egypt. I am the God who performed 10 plagues and many more wonders in your sight. I am that God whose voice speaks and it sounds like thunder. I am that God that no human eye can see and live. You're gonna build me a temple with human hands? but why does God say this? Because you know history and you know that David's son Solomon will build a temple. It's not as though that God is against his people doing good things and building houses for him. So why do you say this to David? It's because God wants David to know, God's people to know, God's people who want to do good things for him, that that's good but God does better things for them. He tells us what those things are. He goes on saying this. This is verse eight. God speaking to Nathan says, now tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock and appointed you ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone and have cut off all your enemies from before you. Now, I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth. And I will provide a place for my people Israel and I will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did at the beginning and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from all your enemies. 
the Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. This is verse 16. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. Nathan reported to David all the words of this entire revelation. It's God's word so far. Why'd God do it? Why did God veto David's plans to build him a church? God wanted David to step back and see that from beginning to end, all of David's life was not about the things that David did for God, but from beginning to end, it was about David getting used by God. It was about God doing things for David. It was about David being used to fulfill the Lord's purposes. What are those better things that God said that he was gonna do for David? Better even than David building a house for the Lord? I'm glad you asked because God tells David. He said, I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock and appointed you to rule over my people, Israel. God's reminding David of his very, very humble beginnings. Humble beginnings where he was just tending his daddy's flock and he was telling him that from there, I have raised you up. You did not ascend to the throne. I brought you up. I appointed you and I did it for my purposes. I did it, David. So from your family, a better shepherd, a good shepherd might come and establish a throne forever. Don't you see, God is talking to David about Jesus. He makes this even more and more clear. He says, now I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth. This is a promise for David. This is a promise for David that was realized in his lifetime and would be for thousands of years after. But it wasn't just so David could be famous. It wasn't just so David could be notary, have notoriety. It was so that 1,000 years after God made this promise to David, a different man born in Bethlehem would ascend into Jerusalem and there on that day, people would shout, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is the son of David who comes in the name of the Lord. You wanna know why God made David's name great? It was so that name would mean something. It was so that when Jesus Christ, your Messiah came in and people shouted that title, son of David, they would know who this was. God did it. God did this for David, so that he would see the greatest purpose that he had for David's life, a better thing than even building a temple for him. Are you starting to see there's a connection here between the glorious kingdom of David and the everlasting king of Jesus? And it gets even more clear and it gets even better. God says this, he said, the Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. David, you think you're gonna build a place, a house for me? Now I'm gonna build a house for you. 
Just let that sink in. You think you're gonna build a place for me. Don't forget, I'm doing something better for you. I am building a house. I am building a kingdom for you. Oh, don't get me wrong. God is definitely promising an earthly kingdom to David. He is promising that he is gonna have a prominent and glorious kingdom from his family, from his son Solomon all the way up to Zedekiah. There is gonna be a reign in Israel that was never seen before and hasn't been seen since. And yet that kingdom, it's gonna come to an end. The kingdom did come to an end when Zedekiah and God's people in Israel were carried off into Babylonian captivity. That was done. The Lord is not only talking about that kingdom. He's talking about a greater kingdom. He's talking about an earthly, an eternal kingdom, not an earthly kingdom. He's talking about a kingdom that would indeed be ruled by one of David's family members, the Messiah, your savior, Jesus. He's talking about a king that would come and would be a good shepherd for God's people. He's talking about a king who would come and would establish a rule and a reign that wasn't founded on anything in this earth, but was founded on Jesus Christ. A kingdom and a house that had walls built out of mercy and peace and justice and love. A spiritual rest that didn't, David didn't even know in his lifetime. God would build a house and over the top, he would put a roof of God's love that would be eternal, a kingdom that would go on and rule forever from heaven in the hearts of people. That is what the Lord is making abundantly clear to David as he looks out and says, I wanna do something good for God. I want to build a house for him. God says, I'm gonna do something better for you. I'm gonna build an eternal house, an eternal place for you. That's the better thing that God did for David. And he does the same for you. The same promise that God made to David is a promise he made to you and he has kept to you ever since, that he would raise up a better shepherd than even David. He would raise up a shepherd who would guide you beside still waters, who would walk th with you through the valley of the shadow of death, a shepherd who would, for his namesake, give you a name through the waters of your baptism that is even greater than the name of King David, that you are a child of God. He would bring a kingdom into your heart and into your life that had a rule that gave you better things than any king in Israel could give you. Would give you peace spiritually, give you rest eternally. This is what God is promising to David and he is promising to you as well. He's promising you that there is a place for you in heaven. And a group of people who are ambitious enough to think about building a place for God here on this earth and who are audacious enough to name their ministry campaign a place for you should probably step back and take a pause at God's words here. God is building a place for you. God has done that and he will do that for many others. You know, think about that and think about how that, that idea applies to your whole Christian life. It's good that God's people wanna do good things for God, but God's people must never forget that he is doing better things for you. 
The problem with many Christians' Christianity is that our goods, at least the way we think of them, they're not good enough. The way we think about good things is that, well, our faith allows us to have stronger marriages and stronger relationships. That the hope that God gives us, gives us hope in the midst of anxiety and depression that we experience in this life. That the faith we have, it gives us peace to weather things and problems like pandemics. That's not good enough. God says those, those things aren't good enough. Now, now hear me out, God's word and God's gospel most definitely massively applies to the things that we experience in this life. God's gospel most definitely does strengthen marriages and relationships. It certainly walks with us and strengthens us and gives us confidence as we walk through depression's dark cloud. And it gives peace no matter what problems people face. But God says, those things aren't good enough. I am doing something for you that is even better still. I am giving you my best thing. Christ for you, heaven forever. That's the good thing. That's the better thing. That's the best thing that God is giving and doing for all of us. How do I know that? How do we know anything that is good and true? We know it from sitting at the Lord's feet. And that is exactly what David does. David, after he finds out from God that he's not gonna build the temple, does this. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord. The Lord told David, no, you will not have the privilege. You will not have the honor of building my temple. (laughs) The Lord serves to David perhaps what is the biggest disappointment during David's remarkable reign outside of the sins that David himself will commit. And yet, look how David responds. How do you respond when things don't go your way? There's no whining. There's no complaining. There's just sitting. There's just listening to the everlasting words of the almighty God who is your good and gracious God. This is what the Lord says in his word. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and he said, who am I sovereign Lord? And what is my family that you have brought me this far? And as if this were not enough in your sight, sovereign Lord, you have also spoken about the future of the house of your servant. And this decree, sovereign Lord, is for a mere human. What more can David say to you? For you know your servant, sovereign Lord, for the sake of your word and according to your will, you have done this great thing and made it known to your servant how great you are, sovereign Lord. There is no one like you and there is no God but you as we have heard with our own ears. Lord Almighty, God of Israel, you have revealed this to your servant saying, I will build a house for for you. So your servant has found courage to pray this prayer to you. Sovereign Lord, you are God. For the sake of your word and according to your will, you have done great things 
and made it known to your servant. How great you are, sovereign Lord. (laughs) Y'all are wearing masks, so I can't see, but I'm guessing that you are smiling ear to ear. And if you aren't, come talk to me afterwards because this, this is good news. This is good news for David and this is good news for your life. This is the gospel. This is God telling David, showing David that everything in your life, David, every last detail I worked out for you so that there would be a place for you in heaven. Everything in your life, David, was worked out so that there would be salvation. And the Lord, the Lord who has brought you this far, he's going to take you to greater places still. He's going to take you to a place in heaven. He's telling all of you, every detail in your life, everything has been worked out in your life so that salvation is for you. I am bringing salvation to you and I'm bringing salvation through you. This is what God's word was to David on the eve of him wanting to build a place for God. It's good. It is good that God's people want to do good things for him. But God's people must never forget. God does greater things for you. He does greater things through you. That's what he made clear to David. That's what David made clear to us through the words that he recorded inspired by the Holy Spirit. He knew that God used his life to carry out God's plan of salvation. David, you can't build the temple. So what did David do as he looked at this, this, what could have been viewed as a loss or could have been viewed as as a tragic thing in his life? No, he viewed it as an opportunity. He viewed it as an opportunity to do the purpose that God had in fact called him to do in his life. What amazing blessing. An amazing thing that you and I as Christian people can sit here and look at the purpose that God has for our lives, the purpose that he has for your life. And whether good things are happening or bad, whether missed opportunities or great opportunities, we can see that God has given a purpose for our life and it is a purpose to let others know that there is a place for them in heaven. That the good things that God has done for you, he is now doing through you for others. I'm not Nathan. (laughs) I'm Matt. And God hasn't given me a direct revelation. He hasn't spoken to me in a vision or in a dream about what the future of our ministry center and our journey to build one looks like. God hasn't told me what your future is. God hasn't let me in on a secret about what the future holds for this church either. But he has given me his word. He's given it to you as well. And there he makes his purpose for salvation and his purpose for you abundantly clear. That God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him has spiritual rest for their souls that God has stored up for you in Christ Jesus, riches in heaven beyond what your mind can conceive. That the son of God is the son of David and he has gone to heaven to prepare a place for you and he is using you. He is using you to let others know there's a place for them too. That's the theme. 
That's the theme of our Ministry Center campaign. And for the next three years, you're gonna hear me talk about it. You're gonna talk about it with one another. And I thought as we started with this sermon series and this three-year campaign that you're gonna get sick of that. You're gonna get really tired of hearing about a place for you. So that's why I thought we should talk about it. I thought we should maybe pause and and see what God has to say about it. So that when you hear that, (laughs) that you don't get tired of it, but you find rest in it. You find rest for your soul and perhaps you find rejuvenation to let others know that that place is for them too. May this church, may this group of people, God's people gathered together around God's truth always be built on the foundation of that. That Christ Jesus has prepared a place for you. May God's people always be about letting others know that it's for them too. And may God grant that for Jesus' sake. Amen.